We live in a very mobile world. Everyone is in a hurry to get somewhere. Throughout Scripture, God often taught people the greatest lessons along the journey. Today, we continue with Scott Pauling, our study through the great journeys of the Bible. Our prayer is that you will rediscover the adventure of walking with God. We've been journeying with Jacob, and oh, it's wonderful because we've not just gotten acquainted with Jacob, we're coming to know the Lord in a greater way. And isn't that God's great purpose along the journey is for us to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ? You see, in Genesis chapter 28, Jacob has a dream in the middle of the night. And in his dream, he sees a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. Now, what could that mean? I love the parallel between the Old Testament and New Testament. Jacob's experience and Jesus' coming. Because when you come to the New Testament scriptures, the Lord Jesus says that he is that ladder set up from earth to heaven. He is the way to God, the angels descending and ascending on it. Read his own words about this in the Gospel according to John. You know, it's an amazing thing to me, but Jacob got a little glimpse of the fact that God was making a way for man to come to God. Now on this end, we know that's the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord's always bringing us to himself. In Genesis chapter 28, verse 16, the Bible says, And Jacob awaked out of his sleep, and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. We've learned that Bethel was a specific place. It was a safe place. It was a special place. But now we learn it was a sacred place. And do you remember the Lord saying to Moses, Take your shoes off. You're standing on holy ground. Some people think, well, the holy ground, that's the church house. Or the holy ground, that is you know, some particular place where we had a great spiritual meeting. But in fact, the holy ground is anywhere where God is. For a Christian, all ground is holy ground. Everywhere is, is sacred for a believer. You don't divide life up between the sacred and the secular. That's not the Christian life. The Christian life is that God is everywhere, and everywhere we are to live in His presence. And Bethel was the beginning of that journey for Jacob. Jacob is learning it's not about him. It's not about what he can do. It's about God himself and the presence of the Lord in his life. And when you come down to verse 20, you come to a very significant thing. You come to the first vow in the Bible. Now, I believe vows are good, and I think vows are important. They're serious things. The Bible says it's better not to make a vow than to make a vow and break it. But Jacob enters into a vow with God, and he basically says to the Lord, Lord, if you'll be with me, which God had already promised he would do, so he's taking God at his word. Really, it's a vow of faith. It's not so much what Jacob can accomplish. It's he's trusting God to do what only God can do. He says, if God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God. In other words, he's saying, Lord, if you really are who you say you are and you'll do exactly what you've said you'll do, then I'm going to make you my God. I wonder, have you made such a decision yourself to say to the Lord, Lord, you're my God? You know, the thing about vows is sometimes they need to be renewed. And maybe you would say, well, I've had a journey with the Lord for many years. I've known God for many years. But I wonder, would this be a good day? Perhaps this a good place for you to stop and renew your vow with God. 
to go back to Bethel and say to the Lord that saved you many years ago, uh, say to the Lord that you gave your life to many years ago, Lord, I want to renew my vow with you. You've been faithful to me, and I want to renew my vow of faithfulness to you. I tell you, Bethel becomes a very sacred place when you enter into a holy vow with Almighty God. And then, I want to point out to you that Bethel was not only a sacred place, it was a starting place. Now, don't miss this. Genesis 28 is not the end of the story for Jacob. In fact, it's really just a good beginning. Because if you turn just a few pages over to Genesis chapter 32, Jacob has another encounter, another experience with God in the middle of the night. Genesis 32 verse 24 says, And Jacob was left alone. Sometimes God will get you alone. He'll separate you from everybody and everything to get you by himself with you and God. And the Bible says, And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, Wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And he blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face and my life is preserved. So in Genesis 32, he has yet another experience with the Lord. I believe it's a pre-incarnate appearance of Christ. I believe this particular messenger, angel of the Lord, is the Lord himself. Uh, he touches him, and he changes him. From Genesis 32 on, Jacob will walk with a limp. And every time he'll walk with a limp, it will be a reminder that he is a weak man and that he must lean on God alone. It was there in Genesis 32 that Jacob becomes Israel, that a schemer becomes a prince with God, that a man who lived by force learns that he has to live by faith. There in the presence of God, he has power. He prevails with God, and his life is preserved. I mean, I'm telling you, it's an amazing experience in Genesis 32, but don't miss the connection. This all got set in motion because in Genesis 28, he had a starting place where he met with God. You see, before Peniel, there had to be a Bethel. God has more for you on this journey. There are other steps. It's something in recent days I've had to acknowledge in my own life. None of us have arrived. Paul said, I've not yet apprehended, but I'm following after. None of us are where we ought to be, but we're, we're making progress, we trust, on the journey. We're taking steps of faith and obedience, but there must be some starting place. There's no place to stop on the Christian life, but there is a place to start. And let me tell you where to start. Start right where you are. You see, an encounter with God is not the destination, but it is a good doorway. It's not the conclusion, it's the commencement. So wherever you are in your Christian experience today, begin right there. Start right where you are. What's the thing God's told you to do you've not yet done? What is the step of faith and obedience God's called on you to take uh, the decision you're to make, uh, the action you are to follow through on that you've not yet done, then start right where you are. Sometimes we, we love to look off in the distance and imagine what may happen in the future. But I want you to know the will of God is not future. The will of God is present. And the Lord is working in your life today at your Bethel, in your experience for one reason, 
and that is to set you in motion, to get you moving in the right direction. When I was just a boy, I trusted Christ as my Savior, and I wanted to get baptized, but I couldn't get baptized because I wouldn't put my head underwater. Very hard to be immersed if you don't want to put your head underwater. And so my mother got me swimming lessons at the local YMCA. I had a hard time, and uh, everybody else seemed to be doing very well. I was making such little progress. And one day, Bill, the man who gave me swimming lessons, took me down onto an end of the pool I'd never been on before. Nobody was down there, just me and him. There were these big boards overhead. I'd never seen them before. And we stood on the edge of the pool, and he said, Do you like it down here? And I said, Oh, yes, I like it very much. And then Bill did something that was not very nice. He gave me a slight nudge into the deep end of the pool. And in I went to the water. Somebody said, How did it turn out? Well, it wasn't Olympic, and it wasn't graceful, but I learned to swim. I learned to keep my head above water. And do you know when I learned it? I learned it not sitting on the side of the pool watching instructors, not watching others swim. I got it when I got in the pool for myself. Everybody needs a starting place, a jumping off place. Would you get in the water today? Would you take the next step of obedience? Would you start at your Bethel right where you are to follow God? God has much more for you, but you'll never find it. You'll never discover it if you don't begin to follow Him today. Thank you for joining us today for this time in God's Word. For additional messages, resources, and helps for your Christian life, visit us at scottpauley.org. We hope you will share the broadcast with a friend and plan to join us again next time on Enjoying the Journey.